0: Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. Good day, good morning. I hope you're well. I've a good start to the day. So it's been a busy week for me this week. been preparing for my live event for PAC members, which is happening on the 6th of July. We're all meeting down at the Village Hotel near my office in Southampton. We're going to have a cracking day, full of value, full of sharing best practices, hearing what's working, what's not, from accountants doing some great things. So if you're coming, I look forward to seeing you there. If not, you're going to be missing out. So make sure you get on to the next one. It's probably going to be next year. But uh, if you're interested, then um, there's still a few places, actually. So if you did want to get in and you're hearing this before the 6th of July and you want to get involved, then shoot me a message on LinkedIn and we'll see if we can get you in but it's not just going to be me talking it's going to be going to have a few panels and we're going to be hitting the top three challenges that i hear from practice owners that we're hitting how to win new clients getting new clients and i've got a panel of uh, three or four other accountants doing great things in this regard and we're going to thrash out that topic and then people are going to have tangible actionable takeaways to go away in action after the event the next one is going to be on all things pricing and repricing so i've got a few accountants in the community doing some great things so they'll be coming on the panel sharing what they've done how they've done it and the successes they've got from it so other people can take note and ideas to go and implement in theirs and lastly it's there's going to be a panel on team structure the different types of team structures that we have in the community from members members both incorporating offshoring and others with UK-based teams. What's the best structure to have? How you know? What's the ratio between uh, managers and juniors and apprentices? What's the most effective way to build and scale your firm? So we're look, really looking forward to that. And if you're coming, really looking forward to seeing you. Anyway, on to today's pod, which is all about why timesheets are not giving you the information you think they are. Timesheets, you know I've got a bugbear with timesheets, not just because I do, but because they uh, um, I've gone through a journey where I used to use timesheets. In fact, the bizarre thing is that when I bought my practice, there was no timesheets. There was no timesheets actually in the firm when I bought it, going back 15 years. And I made the crazy decision of implementing timesheets because I thought that I was being forward-thinking how wrong i was because i came from pwc and that's how we did things there i thought oh well you know pwc obviously doing things right so that's what we need to do in order to figure out you know what to charge and whether to 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 work out whether we're being efficient or whether people are working so i implemented timesheets, and we did that for a number of years until i came across the works of people like ron baker mark and started to learn about pricing and effectiveness and then we got rid of them back in 2018 all that long ago but it coincided with us moving towards the model of work when, where, how you want, as long as the work gets done. Many problems with timesheets um, primarily is that you know we, we use them because we think they do one of three things. A, we use them to help us price so we think that our worth is uh, limited to the hours and the inputs that we clock on a timesheet and we use that to come up with a price that we charge to clients, or we use them to work out, and from that we use, uh, uh, yeah, sorry, the first one is we use the to help us price. The second one is we use them to uh, work out profitability by client, and the third is that we use them to help us to determine whether people are working or not. Now it's a lousy measure for either of those. It doesn't actually give us the information we need for any of those and are much better ways of pricing as we know that clients don't care about the hours that you clock, clients don't care about the input. They only care about what they get. So we need to get better at actually identifying what is the value that we deliver. Things like the peace of mind, the access, even when you're actually doing something. If a client has access to you when they need you, that is value. That's not going to appear on your timesheet. You need to get better understanding what is the value that you create. So if you've got my book, I go through all of this in chapter one, where we dispel and banish the myths around pricing and timesheets. And then chapter two is all about understanding the value that we create. So if you haven't already, go back and read chapters one and two. If you don't have a copy of the book, then click on the link below or go to my profile, where you can get a copy from the link in my LinkedIn profile. Secondly, working out profitability by client is nigh on impossible. The reason being is that your charge-out rate is a made-up number. You've made that up. It hasn't actually come from anywhere. It's based upon assumptions because cost-counting essentially is mired on assumptions. I, I very much doubt that you have taken all of your costs and divided them through by your clients in order to then assign them to your clients. And actually, you know what happens when you increase your costs, or what happens when you take on a new client? You have to do that again. You have to do that every, you know, every day or every couple of days as your costs go up or the amount of revenue that comes in goes up. As you can see, it's completely Im- impossible. Your firm is kind of interlinked in one way. You cannot, you cannot um, extract and assign your costs to a client. They're not, they're not actually telling you anything. What you're paying for is essentially three things. You're paying for your people, you're paying for your office and rent and rates and utilities and that kind of stuff, your overheads, and you're paying for software. And how you use those is how you become more efficient. So the better you get at maximizing your use of those three things that you pay for, that is what's going to drive your efficiency. So really, what you want to look at is, rather than trying to work out profitability by client, which is now an impossible, you want to be asking your question, the question to yourself, will this decision make me more money? So, for example, you're paying for your people anyway. You're paying for your software anyway. Essentially, it's all one cost to you. Don't try and assign you know, the, the cost of your toilet rolls and, um, you know, pencil sharpeners and uh, biros and A4 paper to each individual client. Instead, you're paying for access. You're paying for access to your people, you're paying for access to the software, and you're paying for access to use the facilities and the premises that you have in the furtherance of delivering value to clients. So what you need to ask yourself is, when an opportunity presents itself to take on a client, is this client going to make me money or not? And... So, and the question is, how, what, what's the opportunity cost? So if I take on this client, how much of my capacity is it going to absorb? Could I do something else to actually make more money? Because even if you take on board a £100 tax return, and, but on the timesheet, when you do that tax return, it says that you've made a loss of £150. Have you actually made a loss? You haven't made a loss because you took on a tax return for £100. So you made £100. You haven't had to spend any more money. You don't have to go out and recruit anyone. So you've actually made £100. You haven't lost £150. So your timesheet data is not telling you what you need to do when it comes to making more money. Instead, you need to boil it down to basics. And the basics are is that you need to maximise what you get in at the top end. So you need to maximise what comes in and you do that through your positioning strategy and your pricing. So if you can be clearer on your target market, on uh, niching down, on specializing into a particular sector, then you can charge more. So you're maximizing what you're getting at the top end. And then what you do is on the internal, so the two internal pillars of people and process, is that you see how can you get the best out of your team so you reduce the rate at which you take on cost. And that's what's going to drive your efficiency. So the way you do that is by looking at, obviously, implementing systems, implementing process notes, and then looking at your people and thinking about how can I get the best out of my people. By making them do timesheets and letting them think that their worth is limited to the hours that they clock on a timesheet, that is not going to get the best out of your people. Because anyone can make up what they put on a timesheet, but they can't make up results. So instead of focusing on the inputs and by getting your employees to clock hours on a timesheet you're focusing their minds on the inputs so as long as i've clocked my seven hours or seven and a half hours a day i've done work but actually have i have, have i done anything effective during the time that i've been here have i actually generated a result have i generated an outcome have i generated a solution for a client and if i haven't then you know what is the point of these hours that i've clocked on the timesheet so you need to get your employees thinking about more to do with the outcomes, the results, the solutions that they are providing, rather than the inputs that they are clocking. So judge your employees on results. And when you take time out of the equation and focus solely on results, then what it does is it separates the wheat from the chaff. You suddenly start to see those non-performers, those people who are just making up stuff on a timesheet. Those people who, you know, are just there and wasting the time and doing your head in, but you'd never be able to say anything to them. And you get frustrated and go on the timesheet and see that they've spent so long on this, but you don't. You know, there's no, there's no way, there's no way to kind of tackle that. The only way you tackle that is by getting really crystal clear on what is the work required. Hold them accountable to the work, because you don't pay people for a chunk of time. You pay people for a chunk of work. Let that settle in. That is a quote from the book, Work Sucks and How to Fix It. I've mentioned it on the podcast before by, it's a book by Kali Resler and Jody Thompson. And they were the pioneers of the results on your work environment, which is what we modeled our uh, environment uh, under after I read that book. That's when I started to move towards that kind of way of working. Fantastic book, um, haven't read it already. Highly recommend that you do. So we don't pay people for a chunk of work, a time, we pay people for a chunk of work. So get really crystal clear on what the work is. Then it doesn't matter how many hours they clock. You tell your people. And there's only a finite amount of work in your practice if you think about it. This is all the work that there is. You have you only have you have you a finite number of clients, finite amount of work in terms of what needs to be done. Divvy that up between your team. Your team, every client should have a home. Make sure that's divvied up. And then make sure people are held accountable to what they need to do. So, you know, manager A has their portfolio and you can set their portfolios based upon their, you know, their, their, their salary bands, etc. to say, yeah, we expect that, you know, you're, you're generating or you're managing a portfolio of at least three, four, five times your salary because that's what you're judged upon. I don't care how we, you know, how long it takes you to do stuff. I care that you are generating a return on investment for me as a business owner. So this is your portfolio. You need to take care of them, A to Z. I don't care how, when, where, how you do it, as long as it gets done, you are responsible to the client first and foremost. So then we look at you know the ladder of accountability. They're accountable to the client first and foremost, then accountable to their colleagues, and then lastly accountable to you. But you know, if clients are happy, colleagues are happy, you're gonna be happy too. So focus more on holding your people accountable to work and then give them the autonomy to deliver and what you will get is you will be you will have much happier employees and you will have much less stress and you'll be able to take more off your plate and that's how you're going to generate uh, you know, and attract the caliber of team members that you want in order to be able to reduce the time spent and stress spent in the practice because that's what people good people are looking for these days people don't want to be micromanaged and supervised, they want to be led and they want to be able to have an environment which gives them that, uh, that freedom and control over their time so they can manage the demands of uh, their personal lives and their work life with the control they have around time and that's how you attract those A players and retain your, the highest performers in your team and get everyone uh, working to a high standard. So that's given you some food for thought. There's still, I know many of you uh, doing timesheets. If that's you, you know, take a good hard look as to why you're doing them. If you haven't already, get a copy of my book and read just read chapter one. Chapter one around banishing the myths around pricing, and in that I share everything kind of I've learned over the years when it comes to, you know, uh, what we actually getting really clear on. You know, what do we actually deliver? Why do actually, Why do clients come to us? and understanding the true value that we deliver to clients, getting better at pricing it and understanding that really timesheets have no place. It's not really giving us the information that we need and that we require but we hold on to them because we think it's allowing us to work out profitability by client or allowing us to work out whether people are working or not. It's not allowing you to do any of those things. In fact, it's holding you back. It's stressing you out. It's just causing more aggro and stress for you than it is worth. There are much better ways of doing so, and I explain it all in the book, so haven't got it already, then uh, go and have a read of chapters one at least to give you a deep dive into how you can go around uh, getting rid of that time queue once and for all, and then part four is all about Looking at right, okay, well, if we don't have timesheets, what do we replace that with? How do we move to an environment where only results matter and I step by you know in the book i I have gone through step by step how we implemented it and how you can do the same. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Let me know, send me a message on the LinkedIn. If you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you could take a moment or two to write a review of this podcast on apple podcast or spotify wherever you listen to your podcast it would mean a lot to me i'd be very grateful okay have a great rest of the weekend and i'll speak to you soon bye for now thank you for listening if you want to spend more time together get access to me personally for your questions access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants all helping each other, then come and join the pack. The Profitable Accountants Community. There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshootercom forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.